0: Welcome to NEXT CLT. NEXT CLT is a business development initiative that focuses on strengthening companies owned by black indigenous people of color in Charlotte. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another version of NEXT CLT's podcast. Today we have Seychelle McNeil. Seychelle is a owner. Founder of the Washroom Laundry Service. She's a brilliant entrepreneur who is doing great things in the city. And we are looking forward to having a conversation with her about her business and what she's doing in the community. Welcome, Seychelles.
1: Thank you so much, Eric. I am so happy to be here. Thanks for this opportunity.
0: All right. Hey, Seychelle, you know, tell us a little bit about your business and what value do you deliver to your customers?
1: I own the Washroom Laundry Service. We're a full-service mobile laundry and dry cleaning delivery service. We service both um, residential and commercial clients in Charlotte and surrounding areas. And when I think about my company, people will ask me, you know, are you a tech company? And no. I don't consider us a tech company, but I do consider us a logistics company. And as as far as, you know, what value we bring to our clients, we, we give, we sell the value of time and convenience. I mean, people talk about, oh, it's just not enough time in a day. Um, when working with the Washroom Laundry Service, we're happy to say that we give you back some time in your day.
0: Time is one of the greatest gifts you can give somebody. What motivated you to create a laundry business and the objective to achieve what you're achieving?
1: That's a loaded question for me, but I'm a non-traditional entrepreneur in that I didn't start the washroom laundry service because I saw there was a need in the um, in the market, and I was going to, you know, create a business or service to address that need. I started my business because I was out of work. In 2015, I was released from federal prison here to Charlotte, and you know, I was looking for work, and I was interviewing, and I had an interview with Corning. Here in um, it's in uh, Hickory, and had a great interview. Um, my background is manufacturing. I have over 12 years of manufacturing operations um, experience, and had a great interview, a great conversation with the HR business partner, where I shared with them information about my um, justice involvement, and the HR business partner was very um, clear that because my uh, crime was not related to work, you know, she thought that it would be, you know, a good fit. Everyone there had, in the interview had liked me and they felt like I could, you know, I would be a value add to the to the team. Well, um, a few days later, they made me a job offer. Um, I accepted the job offer. And the day before I was supposed to start this job, I got a knock at the door and it was a certified letter from Corny rescinding my job offer. And so now I'm, you know, beating the streets again, trying to figure out, you know, what I'm going to do. Um, and I was working at uh, the Waffle House of all places. And a friend of mine, local here to Charlotte, owns a tow truck company. And he would take me out to kind of ride through the city and just help me um, get acclimated with the city. And um, I was telling him that while I was incarcerated, my prison hustle was taking people's laundry because there was a a half a mile walk one way to um, take your laundry to have it processed. And, you know, people didn't want to take the walk. Um, It could be raining or snowing or, you know, cold outside or hot outside or just not feeling like going. And I would take that walk with their laundry for, (laughs) you know, whatever I needed uh, while I was incarcerated, you know, chips and yarn to uh, crochet or knit, um, books to read, um, that kind of thing. And so when I was telling him that, he was like, man, you should do that. And I was like, "Uh, okay, that sounds good, but, you know, how do you do it? And he's like, I don't know, but I I think we should do it. I think you should do it. And and that is what birthed the washroom laundry service.
0: Wow. Seychelles, I really appreciate your candor and your open and honest conversation in that piece and i'm really glad you did follow that idea thought both it out of you having that skill set and then realizing that you know what you can actually build your own opportunities so thank you so very much for sharing that
1: yes no problem um you know it's a it's another um testament to people that have just um you know willpower um to to keep moving forward right because that could have easily um taken me into a dark place but um it didn't um and I was able to like i said birth something that is a still standing um we're thriving and we are offering you know we're a second chance employer we work with men and women who are transitioning from incarceration to um being you know outside of um the justice system and i'm proud of that like i would um first i would be some sort of hypocrite um or cruel person to not offer that to you know someone else as you know someone took a chance on me and gave me employment or offered me employment um during my time
0: So, you know, and thanks for being a bridge builder and what you're doing is empowering, creating freedom, not only for yourself, but for others. And in a Black History Month, when you look at the context of Black History Month, that's perfect because you are actually building a bridge for others and also creating freedom and power and pride in what they're doing. And so that goes into that red, black and Green, where you talk about freedom, pride, and power. So thank you. You know, right. you were part of the Next CLT's Business Accelerator Initiative. What are some of the biggest benefits you got from the organization? What are some things that you've learned and that you've applied?
1: So, um, first of all, I'd just like to say that the cohort that I was part of was comprised of all four. African-American female entrepreneurs and just being in that cohort with this group of women was so empowering. Empowering. We were able to lean on each other for personal things as well as professional things and just having that network of women to um, as like a board of advisors to be in your corner to talk to about those things that are pertinent to business is such a huge, huge, huge need. And a lot of people never get that in their entrepreneurial journey. So the most important thing I think coming out of the cohort was developing this network of awesome female entrepreneurs, but really building that relationship so that now these women are like a board of directors for me. Whenever I have issues in my business, I can go to them with those issues. Whenever I have issues, you know, in my personal life, from a personal perspective, I can go to them and share openly and honestly about those matters that are close to the heart. So I think for me, that's the number one thing. Um, These women are now, I'm using air quotes here, sisters for life, right? But the second thing, which is just as important, um, what I learned from the next CLT cohort is that a lot of times we go into entrepreneurship without an exit strategy? And some things happened to me during the cohort that really put that at the forefront forefront for me. So it's important to understand what your exit looks like and to really start thinking about your exit at the beginning.
0: Wow. You know, so thanks for sharing that. Now you also have a mentor. How's your mentor been? effective in your space and next clt provided you with a mentor how has that worked out for you
1: right uh so my mentor is like i don't know how you guys connected me with that person and how like closely aligned we are it's almost kind of creepy that (laughs) that it worked out the way that it did because she and i are like you know we we think very much alike and I always tell people that I'm different. I think differently. But my mentor, Nia, was she's we're locked in. We're like, you know, we're very locked in. Um, she has been a tremendous resource to me. And again, um what I like about the mentorship is that while it was designed to help and support me from a professional perspective, she has definitely been someone that. Has helped me um, on a personal level as well. Just looking at the way that she operates in her business and in her, um, you know, professional space is is just you know it's it's admirable and it gives me something to look you know someone to look up to, and you know I really appreciate that.
0: And you talk about the all women's group. You talk about near your mentor as a businesswoman. You face many barriers and challenges. What are some of the ones you face or continue to face in building your business?
1: Oh man, um, you know it's interesting, and, and and I hear this a lot. But most industries are male-dominated, right? With the exception of a, a very few, and and those things typically are around domestic services, right? So in being and you know, a female entrepreneur in the laundry and dry cleaning industry, I'm a minority in more in more ways than one. This industry, like so many others, is dominated by by men, and that in and of itself is always an an upwards you know kind of battle, right? I am always fighting to carve out my space, so to speak, in this industry, and we've had. A lot of success at the washroom laundry service. But even with all the success that we've had, it is not enough for to be compared to some of the other organizations that are led by men. Now, is that something that stresses me out? No, that's motivation for me, right? It is something that helps me to lean in more um, in this industry, learning as much as I can and sharing as much as I can to empower and build other women who are in this industry. So, you know, to answer the question, it really, for me, boils down to why is it that women, and I'm going to step in, lean in a little bit further and say Black women have to work so hard to earn the same respect that our male counterparts do, right? Um, But, for me, it's motivation. Um, and it also makes me happy, right? Um, because that means I wake up every day and I get to go back in there and break down another barrier.
0: You know, my grandmother used to say, you know, I always do your best today because tomorrow is another day and your best will be needed in that space. And so it That's just it. means that you keep moving and doing your best. The other piece of that to your statement is, you know... Black women have been the backbone of many cultures and environment. And because of that backbone, they are now starting to get their just due, but it's a small just due, and we have to create opportunities for them to make a quantum leap. Just like you're creating the bridge for those who are justice-challenged, We Mm -hmm. have to continue creating the bridge so that black women could be continue to be illuminated for the brightness that they bring to everybody else and continue to help that out. So I know how you feel in that space, but we are continuing to make sure that we are working to create that equity for black women and all uh, people of color. But black women, we also know that that's a strong space that we need to work with. Yes. As you talk about a male dominated environment, what do you think sets your organization apart from its competitors from your competitors?
1: Well, I like this question, right? I glean a lot of you know experience from my past employment and my manufacturing days, right? Um I had some very good managers and I had some pretty bad managers. Most of them were of course male but what i learned way back was that men lead differently than women right we lead typically we lead um from the heart from a personal space and so that is what i think that separates the washroom laundry service from our competitors right it is that we have a personal touch and that personal touch is something that is is um you know, it it ruminates from the heart, right? And so when we deal with our clients, when we're looking at new clients, it's a personal feel. If it, if it doesn't work for us from a personal perspective, it won't be a good fit for us. The same thing with our employees, right? And with our vendors. We work with people who are aligned with us and our values, right? And, you know, I like to talk about how we are good at what we do because the because of the way that we treat our employees, right? Our employees to me are an extension of me, their family. Any one of them can come to my home, knock on my door, they can sit at my table and eat with me any day of the week, right? And my employees, whatever is important to them is important to me. One of my supervisors is a cheerleading coach. Now I don't have kids in the school system here in Charlotte, but I have <laughs> I have picked up so many nieces and nephews because I am that close with my employees, their kids, and those things that are important to them. And so the point that I'm trying to make is with the cheer with my my um, supervisor that's a cheerleader. I go to football games. I go to um, basketball games. We clean uniforms. I mean, um, we take lunch for cheerleading tryouts and during their cheerleading camps. And, you know, I understand that whenever it is, you know, cheer season, I understand that I have to have him finish work at a certain time so that he can make it to do that thing that, you know, is important to him, right? And I understand that if I don't do that for him and make sure that he is happy in those things that he does outside of work, he won't ever bring that same energy to work. And so I have to make sure that I am aligned with my employees just the same way that we are aligned with our our vendors and our clients. Those things that are important to them become important to me.
0: You know, what you're speaking about is another bridge, right? And so one of the (laughs) things that also... As a leader, and you're doing a phenomenal job in that space, because one of the things that's a statement is leadership is people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And then Mm -hmm. when you care about people, people bring their best self to work. So thanks for sharing that as well. You know, you have been part of some other support initiatives, entrepreneur support initiatives. What would you say differentiates Next CLT from the others?
1: Well, the first thing that uh, comes to mind is that Next CLT really focuses on the African American community, right? And um, I think that that to me is what sets you apart. Um, you're very intentional about supporting. And, and let me let me step back and say, not African American, not just African American, but Black and Brown communities and um you guys lean in on that and statistics show the um success rate of black and brown businesses that make it you know past two years right and so the work that you guys are doing to support this subset of um of companies um is is you know it's going to go a long way in terms of how um you know that kind of falls into economic mobility and all of those things.
0: There's some misconceptions in your business. What are some of those that you laugh at when you hear the misconceptions people have about your business? (laughs)
1: Um, The first one that comes to mind is um, people say they want their shirt dry cleaned. But when we dry clean a shirt, it's really laundered. We really put it into the washing machine and then we take it out of the washing machine and press it. So a dry clean shirt is not really dry clean. It's laundered.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, you know, and so thanks for the insight behind the scenes. What, what should they be asking for?
1: They should be asking to have their shirts laundered because when you go to a dry cleaners, and you tell them you want your shirt dry cleaned, It's going to cost more than when you tell them you want your shirt laundered.
0: And what's the difference in the process?
1: Uh, the dry cleaning machine. Uh, so we use a hydrocarbon um, dry cleaning process. There are some other dry cleaners that use a perk process. That perk is, um, you know, it's it's highly um, uh, regulated and. The industry is trying to get away from using that um, because it's not green and it leaves a pretty stinky footprint. But um, the difference is that dry cleaning machine um, in the process is a little bit longer and it's more costly because of the um, the hydrocarbon that's used to clean the um, the shirts or the, the clothes during the dry cleaning process. And so that's why it costs a little bit more. Okay
0: thanks for sharing that. A little tidbit that I didn't know about uh, behind the scenes. So thank you.
1: Another tidbit about you know my industry that's a misconception is that now um, most uh, dry cleaners are just what we call a drop store. And so that means that you take you you know get in your car and you drive your dry cleaning to a, a place and drop it off. They don't actually process it in that store that you drop it off at they process it at another location and then bring it back to that location for you to pick it up. There are very few um, dry cleaning processing facilities um, in, in 2024.
0: Yeah. And that's a, that's a shift, right? And so th- that actually is a good reason to go with, uh, you know, the washroom laundry because you pick it up, you pick, you, t- you bring it back it actually helps with the uh, uh, service. And like you said, early on time, right?
1: Right. Time is everything. Yeah. But you know what? We can take that a step further and talk about, you know, our footprint, right? Getting in the car with gas and driving is not doing a lot to, um, you know, lessen our carbon footprint. Unless you got a, you know, uh, an electric car, there are more and more electric cars, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's about time and conveyance. And we want to give you time to do those things that you enjoy best. If you ask 10 people what's their favorite household chore, maybe one of them will say it's laundry. And that's only if I'm in that group of 10 because I like doing laundry.
0: So,
1: <laughs> so um, you know, we, we want to give you back time to do those things that make you happy. Whether that's cooking with family and friends, spending time with kids and loved ones, or just taking time for yourself to do absolutely nothing. That's important too.
0: Yeah. You know, my wife is in that 10, one in 10. She loves doing laundry. And so I'm pretty fortunate. I I have somebody who loves doing laundry and she enjoys it. So it's one of my passions. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You are pretty fortunate.
0: Yeah. You set goals for yourself, and now that you have this business that's birthed out of, you know, the evolution of an idea you had. And I love the fact that you actually got the idea from a friend and then what you learned while you were part of the the justice process and bridging those things together. You know, so that means you had vision, Right. What are your goals and top priorities for 2024? Wow.
1: 2024 is, um, you know, a lot of people kind of give their, um, you know, they do a New Year's resolution and um, they have these goals. So uh, for me, 2024 is the year of more. We're going to get more in 2024. We're going to do more in 2024. And we're going to give more in 2024. And so, um, you know, on the top of the list really is to find more ways to give back. That's one of my, my goals, uh, for this year. And that is not just for me personally, that's for my team at work and my family. We have got to do more, um, to give back to our, to our community. And, um, you know, as far as doing more, um, My personal goal is that I want to support more entrepreneurs, uh, black and brown entrepreneurs, not just female, but actually giving them the information that they need to go out and be successful. I don't want to be an entrepreneur who has found a little bit of success who is a gatekeeper, right? Um, And I hope that your listeners um, can. You know agree with that first, but I hope that that's something that resonates with them so that they're not someone who is a gatekeeper of the information because it doesn't matter how successful we are, someone somewhere has helped us. We could not have done it on our own. We did not do it on our own. and so being a gatekeeper of information is detrimental to um you know, to, to, to our um, ability to rise above a lot of the things that are happening in our communities, but it, it also keeps us from building our communities, and that's what it's about, right? And as far as, uh, you know, our professional goals for washroom laundry, uh, we're building out this laundry processing facility, and that is going to allow us to increase our output, Right. So we're going to be able to push out more work, which, you know, means that at the same time, we'll be able to take in more work. Right. So we're going for more in 2024.
0: I like that you and I talked about this. And, you know, for next CLT, it's always a sore in 2024. So we actually have, um, you know, very alignment in that synergy. The other thing is, you know, my grandmother and I, I learned a lot of great things from my grandmother. When you talk about information and not being a great gatekeeper, my grandmother always used to say, information is power, but it's only po- powerful when you share it with others.
1: That's right.
0: Right. That's so right. if you keep it to yourself, there's no growth taking place. And so make sure that you keep sharing the information. So thanks for sharing that. Hey, Seychelle, you know, I love this conversation. I love this discussion. Thank you very much for taking the time. I'm going to give you the last word by answering this question. And, you know, for us and giving some advice to women and other entrepreneurs to uplift them. So one of the things is we always have to uplift each other. Right. And so what are some things that you would say would be uplifting to the or the listening audience that you would impart with them as you we wrap up?
1: Hey, um, you know, that's a tough one. But this is this is um, from my personal experience. When I was starting my company, I went to well over 50 dry cleaners and laundromats in this city asking them to partner with me to process our laundry and dry cleaners. And I got well over 50 no's, right? But it was number 57, a man named Paul Kwan, who said, you know what? You seem safe. I am going to, I'm going to give it a shot. And so what I would tell entrepreneurs is that you have to have patience and you have to have the... Um, you know, just the the personal perseverance to push through all of the no's, right? Because when it gets hard and tough and you want to give up, it's highly likely that you are right there at whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. And if you don't push forward, if you don't persevere, you won't ever get there. So when the no's are stacking up and when your confidence has you know, dwindled. And when you just don't feel like you have anything more to give to that thing that that you're trying to do, that business, that promotion, um, that relationship, push forward, find that mustard seed, right? Because you're right there at it and you're going to get through it. You're going to get to it. So just keep pushing forward and finding that perseverance.
0: Seychelle, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so very much for taking the time to meet with us and find that mustard seed. And you know I, what? I like that 57, so we may actually just look at that as number 57. You know, <laughs> and and so thank you so very much for spending time with us today.
1: I appreciate this opportunity. Again, I hope that I have shared something that will resonate with your listeners, and um, yeah, I appreciate this opportunity to share. Thank you, and you guys have a you know a great rest of the day.
0: Thanks.